Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 21. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach, obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. So today I'm going to be diving into a topic that I talk a lot about in my coaching practice, something that I think a lot about and that I'm hoping you're going to think a lot about too, because it has to do with the power of those thoughts that you're thinking (laughs) and not just about the thoughts that you're thinking, but the thoughts that you think about everything else that's going on in your life. So the tool that I'm going to share with you today is one that was really patented and packaged this way, the way I'm going to share with you by Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School. And hearing her talk about it and teach on it and seeing the ways that I applied it to my own life was one of the major reasons that I decided to go and be certified at the Life Coach School because it's a tool that she lets all of her coaches use and talk about in their material, but that since she owns it proprietarily, at least this form of it. It's not something that any other coaches or coaching schools we're talking about are able to use in quite the same way. And I have heard this idea talked about in psychology or at least tenets of it or pieces of it. So it's not completely original to Brooke. You may be familiar with it. You may be familiar with parts of it, but none of that in any way negates the power that it has, particularly in this form, I think. And I'm going to be sharing with you First of all, the fundamental of the tool, what it is. And then I'm gonna be sharing with you how you can use it and how you should use it, whether you use it on a day-to-day basis or a more abstract basis is completely up to you, but it is super powerful. And I think you're gonna see why as we dive in. So the tool is in the Life Coach School circles known as the model, the CTFAR model, the life coaching model, the self-coaching model. It goes by a lot of names. Most of the time I just refer to it as the model, not to be confused with a model, like, I don't know anyone who's walking down a fashion runway. (laughs) This is the model. And it is composed of five parts, C-T-F-A-R, as uh, you probably picked up from the name, the C-T-F-A-R model. Everything that composes our world can go back and fit into one of the lines of the model. So the first primary line of the model is the circumstance line, the C, and then we move on to the T, which is the thought line. And then we have F, which is the feelings or the feeling line. That's where you're going to put the feelings. And then we have the A line, the action line. And finally, R stands for results. And we have the result line. So you can kind of see how I'm mixing the language of how I refer to those things. And that's because a lot of people, when they use this language around the model, they talk about the C line, the C, the circumstance, or the T line, thoughts, the thought line, and on and on. Luckily, each word or category that we use in the model starts with a different first letter, so we have the freedom to do that. But as I throw those words and that language around, that is what I'm referring to. The model is a way of helping you to understand what is going on around you, what is going on in your brain, in your thoughts, how that is making you feel, the actions that that is driving you to take, and finally, the results that your actions are creating in the world around you. So often in order to do a model, you will start out by doing a thought download. Whether you do this on paper or speaking it out to someone else, it's totally up to you. A lot of times when I'll do a model, I'll notice one particular thought that's kind of circulating in my head over and over. And that's often the one that I choose to do a model on. So you'll start by doing a thought download. So that could be writing about everything going on in your life. It could be writing about a specific event or a specific relationship, a specific thing, or you can literally just open it up to 
whatever thoughts are going to come out of your head on paper. A lot of people say you want to push yourself so that your pen kind of never leaves the paper. You're always writing and you can choose whether you do it till you run out of thoughts. <laughs> for some people that might seem impossible. So you may just choose to set a timer for five or 10 minutes or go until you think you've kind of completed the thought or everything that you needed to get down on paper. It's totally up to you. But then from that thought download, we're going to recognize and identify thoughts that you realize probably aren't that helpful to you in your life. And the power of the model is predicated on the idea that thoughts are completely optional. We get to choose the things that we think, we get to choose the things that we believe. And so from that place, the model is a way to help you identify what you're thinking, feeling, doing, and the results it's creating for you now. And then you're able to use it constructively to determine conversely how you want to think, feel, and act, and then what results that's gonna create for you in the world. And the power of the model may be that you realize, wow, the way that I'm thinking, feeling, and acting right now is great, this is how I wanna feel, so I'm just gonna stick with that. Or it may help you to realize, oh, this is the root of so many of those issues that I'm struggling with. Oh, that's where this problem is emerging from. And then you can take the constructive steps to change it. But a lot of times we spend our efforts into trying to change our actions. We think we just need to get up earlier We need to just shove our feet on the floor, push the covers back, slam our hand down on the alarm and turn it off. And that's the key to getting up on time or early or with our alarm. Instead of the key is going to be changing whatever thoughts and beliefs you have when your alarm goes off that makes you not get up and turn off the alarm to begin with. So the circumstance line is the first line of the model. That is where you're going to put the things that are objectively going on outside of you in the world. So there probably are some of the things that you wrote down in your thought download that belong in that circumstance line. That would be like, I had dinner with my friend last night. That would be an objective fact that if I was there with you, I could observe the fact that you went to dinner with your friend last night. And even to be more specific, if we were truly going to make it a circumstance, we would say... I went to dinner with X person last night instead of calling them a friend because friend isn't something you could objectively prove. So I went to dinner with X person last night would be an objective fact. I could go, I could look at the security cameras from the restaurant. We could prove that you were there. It's a circumstance. Another example would be, I am going to fly to Florida in April. That is another objective fact that we could prove because I have my ticket. It's purchased. I have the email confirmation. And when I go, I'm going to have a boarding pass. So those are objective circumstances. They are also neutral. This is a big bone of contention when it comes to the model, that circumstances also need to be neutral. So (laughs) you can't put in the circumstance, my husband yelled at me yesterday. That is not a neutral circumstance because if I was there, I might agree that yes, he was yelling at you, but I also might not, or someone else might not agree that yelling is the proper term in order to denote what exactly occurred. So the reason that this is so important is because the circumstance line is something that you want to be pretty much devoid of any emotion, any ambiguity. You want it to be completely factual because it is (laughs) objectively, but the place where we assign meaning to those things that occur is in the thought line. And the reason we need to differentiate between these things is because the circumstance line going to dinner, ultimately we did have control over scheduling the dinner, going to the dinner, coming home from the dinner. Those are things that we had control over, but we can't go back in time and change the circumstance that occurred. We have no power over that now that it's in the past. But we do have control over our thought line and then down through the rest of the model because those are things that we can still actively 
impact and make a difference in. And so that's why we need to draw such a stark line and distinction between the circumstance and the thought line. Some people even will draw as they write out their model. They kind of do CTFAR down one side of the page and then fill in the lines going across the page. And some people actually draw a line underneath their C line to show that demarcation between this is the objective facts of the circumstance and this is everything else that I am in control over because that is where the power of the model comes from, the power that we have then to affect our lives, whether that be for the positive or the negative, that's something that you get to examine as you complete a model. So once we have our objective circumstance that everyone would agree on is the thing that actually occurred. So in the case of the husband yelling, it wouldn't be my husband yelled at me, it would be husband said X, Y, Z words. Then we can move on to the thought line. And the thought line would be what you are thinking about that event. So most of the time, it's most beneficial to do the model in terms of what you're thinking now about the circumstance. Occasionally, you will want to go and say, yesterday when husband yelled at me, I was thinking X, Y, Z thing. I was thinking he shouldn't respond to me that way. And that may be helpful. It may be useful in order to do a model kind of in that back in time place, but most of the time you're going to be doing models based off of what you're thinking now. So what you may be thinking now is, I wish I hadn't responded to him that way. So then once we have that in our thought line, your thought is normally going to be one phrase. You don't want it to go on and on and have lots of ifs, ands, or buts in it. (laughs) Probably not a lot of punctuation, maybe a comma. Even that is stretching it according to some people. You really just want one concise thought because each thought, as we're going to get into, changes the model from there. So once you have picked out your one thought, whether you do that from your thought download or like I do from the one that's kind of circling in my head, you then can move on to the F line, which is the feeling line. So this is another one (laughs) where you have to pick just one word of how that thought makes you feel because our thoughts create our feelings. A lot of people argue that it's the other way around, that they feel sad and so they're thinking, I'm a worthless person, but actually the model postulates that it's the other way around, that if you're saying I'm a worthless person, that is probably what's making you sad. Or if you're thinking, how dare that person cut me off in traffic, mm, you're probably going to be angry. And you weren't feeling angry before you thought that person shouldn't have cut me off in traffic because here's an example of the power of the model. You could be thinking mm, that person is probably in a hurry. They maybe need to get somewhere faster than I do. In which case, you're probably not feeling angry. You would probably just feel calm, maybe resigned, but you wouldn't be angry. <laughs> so once you've picked your one word, You want to pick one word. Sometimes there are feelings that you think are pretty close. Normally, though, you can narrow it down to just one word that sums up your experience. A lot of times as a coach now, I will pull out my feeling wheel, which you can just Google. (laughs) You can Google a feeling wheel and see an example where it has on the inside more general emotions. So the things we were just talking about, like you feel angry or sad or happy. And then if you go out from there, like using the happy example, the next level of the feelings wheel has playful, content, interested, proud, accepted, powerful, peaceful, trusting, optimistic. Those are all examples then of happy, but they're more specific. (laughs) And so from there, Mine even has a third level of feelings outside of that. So playful breaks down into aroused and cheeky, which just makes me feel British whenever I say it. Content breaks down further into free and joyful. Interested breaks down into curious and inquisitive, proud to successful and confident and on and on. By the time you get to that outer layer, there is a lot of feelings, but generally you can follow 
roughly how you're feeling. If at first all you can identify as happy, then you may be able to identify, well, actually I am proud of myself for this thing I accomplished. And then maybe you feel, well, it's not so much that I feel confident about what I can do in the future. I'm feeling successful about that thing that I completed. So that's an example of how you could use the feeling wheel in order to more specifically identify the thing that you are feeling in a given moment. Once you have your one word feeling and you've put that in your feeling line, then you're going to move on to actions. And so the action line is where you're going to list everything that you are doing as a result of feeling that way. And keep in mind, it's things you are doing, things you are not doing. You can put sometimes things that you're thinking and feeling as a result. Normally that's not as helpful because those are things you probably want to run extra models on, but you can put them in there if you feel like you want to. So in that example where you accomplish something and you are feeling successful, maybe you are smiling more, you aren't beating yourself up in your brain because you actually accomplished something, you are making plans to go out to dinner to celebrate, you shared the news when you texted your friend, Those are things that you would be put in your action line because you're doing them because you feel successful. If you were feeling sad or angry or any of the derivatives of that, you probably wouldn't be taking that action. But as you're feeling successful, you are taking that action from feeling successful. Then once we have an action line, you do want to get it pretty fleshed out. This is the place where as a coach, I normally push my clients the hardest to say anything else. Is there anything else you do? Is there anything else you don't do that I really try to get the most information because this is where we're going to be able to come with up with our results. And the result is sometimes it's an action. Most of the time we try not to make it be an action, but it is the result that you're creating in the world as the result of the thought, feeling and action that have come together in this particular model. So in this model where you achieve something and you're thinking, wow, I'm so glad I did that then you're feeling successful. Your actions are to do all those things I just listed. And the result would be not only are you successful, but you're more likely to duplicate and replicate that success out in your life. Success is one of those things that it often has ripple effects. And when you feel successful because you check something off, you are much more likely to get up on time and go for a run and dress up the way that you want to and show up in your relationships as the best you possible. So anyway, this was kind of an ambiguous model that I threw together as we were talking about this, but that would be an example of a result that you could create from a model like that. If we go back to the angry model where you say, I shouldn't have responded to my husband that way. And maybe you're feeling disappointed because you don't like the way that you showed up. You're disappointed in yourself. And then your action would probably be to avoid him, (laughs) probably to not bring it up, probably to beat yourself up. And the result would be you create even more of a disconnect in your relationship. So you're still not happy with how you're showing up with your husband. And that is how you can check if you have created a successful result at the end of your model, because your result is always every single time going to prove your thought true. You're going to prove to yourself I don't like how I showed up for my husband by still not showing up for your husband the way that you want to. You're going to prove that you were successful because you're going to keep being successful. And so that is the power of the model. And you can see the negative and positive ways that it can be used in order to affect change in your life. It's so exciting to see how the model can work in your life, how it can be a tool that you can whip out and use pretty much whenever you need to. A lot of times I'll run models in my head. A lot of people write them down. I Most of the time we'll just do them in my head or I'll do the piece that I find that I need to. The other week I was trying to sign up for a class and I was particularly annoyed because the payment processor online was not working (laughs) and I was so mad and it was so tempting for me to say, I am mad because the payment processor is not working. 
But that's not true because the payment processor not working is a neutral circumstance. You could come and sit next to me and see, I am putting my credit card information in over and over and over, doing exactly what it told me to do, and my payment is still not going through. It's saying I need to do it again. (laughs) So that could be the circumstance, payment processor not processing card. The thought line would be, this should be working. (laughs) There is no conceivable reason why this isn't working. Uh, And trust me, I could go on, but let's just take that first thought. This should be working. So that thought of should makes me so annoyed that it is not working the way that I think it should be working. And so from that place, from my annoyed place, I keep trying. I put it in over and over and over. I probably tried more than a dozen times to get it to work. And eventually, yes, I will say three days later after trying every single day, it did finally go through and work, but I was not happy with it those three days when it wasn't working. I was very annoyed. And in case you were wondering, on my feeling wheel, annoyed is a subset of frustrated, which is a subset of angry. So (laughs) I was angry, which led me to being frustrated, which led me to being annoyed. It kind of implies that a step up from annoyed is infuriated. I don't know that I was quite infuriated, but I was definitely annoyed. So with annoyed in my feeling line and my actions being I kept trying. I didn't complain to anyone partly because I wasn't interacting with people in a way that would lead me to just complain about the frustration to anyone or else I likely would have. I complained in my head to myself about how it wasn't working and how it should have been working. I emailed the company and I definitely was very nice but I also came across much more annoyed than I normally would have. I'm not particularly proud of that And you could probably only tell by the fact that I use like a third as many exclamation points as I normally would have, but I was still annoyed in the way that I wrote the email. Finally, (laughs) because I was annoyed, I gave up and stopped trying, which clearly it wouldn't matter because it was going to take three days for the payment to go through. But being annoyed led me to giving up. And so the result is that I stopped working on this problem that I needed to fix, at least for the next three days, because there was nothing else I could do. But I was proving that thought true that this isn't working the way that it should, and I'm not working the way that I should. The whole situation just was not working the way that I thought it should. And unfortunately, that just extrapolated my annoyance even more. So that's a recent example of how I use the model in my life. And I was able to pull that up in my head. I didn't have to run it all the way through, like I just talked through it with you, but I was needed to realize and remind myself, I'm not feeling annoyed because of the circumstance of what this payment processor is doing or not doing. I am feeling annoyed because of the thought I'm thinking that this isn't working the way that I think it should. Another really powerful one that I feel myself coming back to a lot or using the the model as a tool for is in terms of doing something from push energy or pull energy. So I talked about this a few weeks ago, back in episode 19, I talked about the difference between push beliefs and pull beliefs. And I knew I was going to be sharing about the model in a few weeks. So I didn't go too much into this then, but one of the ways you can tell if you're in push energy and pull energy is by putting whatever the feeling is you're feeling in the model, identifying the thought that you're thinking and the actions and results it's creating for you. But so when I was talking about push energy and pull energy, I was talking about how you can do the exact same thing from both energies, but get completely different results. And the model is a demonstration of how that's even possible. So An example that I'll use because it's something I do pretty frequently is writing a blog post. So we'll put blog post scheduled to release one week from today. That would be something you could go into my web provider and see there's a blog post scheduled to release one week from today. And the fact is, if that blog post is not done, then it's something that I'm going to have to work on between now and a week. Or that's a belief that I have about myself is that I said, I'm going to get something done. Then I'm going to get something done when I say I'm going to get it done. And so I know that I need to follow through on the action it's going to take 
in order to make that thing happen. So you could also have that circumstance there of blog posts to be published in a week and believe, well, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Or you could think and believe, well, I never do what I say I'm going to do anyway. And of course, that is going to lead you to a very different result, right? But let's approach this blog post from the perspective of you need to get it written and you know you're going to get it written, but there is still the question of how and from what energy that blog post is going to be written. So the belief is, I need to get this blog post written, the belief or the thought, a belief for the differentiation, a belief is the thought that you keep thinking because you believe it, because you proved it true probably from running that model of whatever that thought is so many times. Anyway, you've proved it true enough, you truly believe it, but okay. So if my thought or belief is, and I'm putting in my T-line, I need to get this blog post done, that maybe creates within me a feeling of stress. (laughs) It could also be annoyance, it could be hesitance, it could be restless, I could feel helpless, I could feel insecure about what I'm gonna write. So knowing that I need to write it could generate any number of those emotions. So for you, it would probably generate one emotion. For me, it might generate something else. But from that thought, I can easily tap into that feeling of resignation of, okay, I just need to get it done because I said I'm gonna get it done. And so then my action line would be, I write the blog post. But I'm gonna be writing the blog post, putting the words on paper, showing up to my computer, thinking thoughts from a place of resignation. And then my result is I get the blog post done, but I did it resignedly. You could probably go back on my blog and find some blog posts that I wrote resignedly. You can tell and you can recognize that that is probably gonna get done very differently than if I'm thinking I need to get this blog post done and I'm excited about what I'm gonna share because I believe that it is meaningful, it is going to make a difference. Maybe I lit a candle, maybe I got some tea, maybe I am sitting down full of energy to get this done because I am excited because I'm thinking I need to get this blog post done. And even if I didn't do any of the candle and the tea and all that, even if I took the exact same action of just sitting at my computer, opening it up, typing the words into my computer, doing it from that place of excitement is still going to turn out a completely different article than if I wrote it from resignation. The result may still be I wrote the article, but it's probably gonna be a very different article from a very different energy, and it's probably gonna be one that is much more fun and energizing to read, right? So that is an example of how even if your model stays pretty much the same, if your model is half the same, changing just a few components can still give you a drastically different result in your life. And (laughs) it's probably one that you want to do. So I do wanna share, as we conclude, a couple of the pitfalls of models, because as powerful as models are, like the more powerful the tool, right, the more potential pitfalls there are with it. If you think about a hammer, you can do a lot of damage with a hammer, and it's a very powerful tool, but is it as powerful as the chainsaw and the damage you can do with that? Mm, I don't know, probably not. So a lot of times when people hear about the model and the fact that thoughts are optional and that they can choose to believe different things about themselves and their life and the results that they're gonna create, they, they believe, well, if I can change my thoughts and feel however I want to feel because your thoughts cause your feelings and if you can choose your thoughts, you can change your feelings, then I should just feel happy all the time. I should change my thoughts so that I feel happy 100% of the time. And that I wanna offer is just not particularly useful. There are circumstances in our life and there are thoughts and beliefs that we choose to have that we want to feel upset about. When someone close to us dies, 
it's not a time that we're going to want to choose to be happy. We want to be sad. We want to honor their memory. We want to miss them because probably we loved them so much. When you applied for a promotion and you didn't get it, you probably want to feel disappointed about that, especially if that's going to motivate you, give you whatever kick you need to get going, to take whatever action you need to find a new job or to get the next promotion or to do the work you need to, to earn the next one. And that's totally okay too. It is okay to think negative things and to feel negative things and to not think and feel in line with the way that you ultimately want to, because a large part of the time, it's probably the way you want to feel anyway, objectively, if you can take a step back. And even if it's not, if you do really want to change how you think and feel in the future, you first have to accept this is the way that I think and feel now. And that leads us to the second major pitfall of using models. And that is that a lot of times when people realize, oh, I can change my thoughts and feelings pretty much whenever I want to and pretty much to anything that I want to, they will do it at the drop of a hat or they will try to do it at the drop of a hat. And so they won't fully, they won't do what we call the unintentional model, which is how you're thinking and feeling now that led to those thoughts and feelings and the results of the thoughts and feelings that you don't really want to think to begin with. And that part is so important because that is what gives you the information and the understanding of yourself, where you're at, And it allows you time to process the feeling that probably isn't that fun to feel, but that it is important to do so. And then once you've done that, you are able to move on to a new thought and a new feeling and to prepare yourself for a new model. And that's when you can begin to construct the model that you want to work towards or grow into. And so when you try to stick the intentional model, which is the one that you want to move towards and you've intentionally created, when you stick that on top of the unintentional model, like a bandaid, you have not healed the wound underneath. You're just trying to move forward and pretend that the band-aid's your skin and it's all fine and the same and we're good to go forward. But most of the time it really isn't. And that is when, when you haven't done that work to understand and process through the unintentional model, your intentional model doesn't stick. You've probably, I know I have, put on too much neosporin on a wound, put a band-aid on top and it pretty much slips right off. (laughs) It does not do that much to help. Or if you tried to stick a band-aid on an open wound and you're like sticking it in the wound, which is a disgusting mental picture, I will admit, it's probably not gonna stay either, right? And you probably don't want it to. So that's why we have to deal with the underlying stuff first. But once we have done that, once it has started to heal or we have appropriately put on the right amount of neosporin, then we can begin to move towards that direction we want to. And that is when we're able to create thoughts that stick. Because if we still have that big gaping wound, because you're believing my life is completely terrible, jumping to the opposite of I have an awesome life is probably simply not going to stick. Sorry to break it to you. But if you have healed that belief and you've come to a thought of maybe this is my life, (laughs) maybe that is a neutral thought for you. You've gotten to that place then that is probably a better place for you to start building to have an awesome life from. And that's the next pitfall is thinking that you can just jump to your ideal thought at the drop of a hat just like that and get there and have it stick, which most of the time just isn't simply true or else we would all believe we're the most amazing people and we're going to be unbelievably successful and make all the money in the world and create world peace like those thoughts not only are they probably not super helpful, some of them are and some of their corollaries are, but they're just things that we are so far from those beliefs or they really just don't seem believable 
that we have to do some underlying work first. A lot of times you'll see, if you've gone to a neutral place, you can begin to build from there. Or if you're in a negative place, that's where you can begin to build to a neutral place. So an example that is used a lot is someone who is trying to lose weight. And a lot of times they have an inner monologue of, I hate my body. So that is a pretty negative place to start from. And ideally maybe it would be nice for them to get to a place of, I love my body, because that's a thought that is probably gonna be helpful to them at least in some way. But they can't make that switch overnight. (laughs) at least most people. And so the common idea of where the next step belief is, is I have a body. Not I hate my body, but just believing you have a body. That is an objectively true thing that you can probably start to believe. And when you start to hear in your head, I hate my body, you can start to sub in, I have a body. And then from there, you can continue to make small steps until you get to where you want to be of, I love my body or I care for my body or I am doing the things that are best for my body, whatever that ideal belief would be for you in the given circumstance that you are trying to work towards. So that is the model. (laughs) That is some of the pitfalls to be aware of when you are working with the model. And I'm super excited to hear from you guys as you use this in your own life, as you begin to experiment and try it out. So the resolve to today is unsurprisingly to try a model. (laughs) I want you to try to do one on your own. You can send it to me if you want feedback. I'd love to see it. This is what I do as a coach, work with my clients using models or using pieces of the model to help them identify where they are, identify where they wanna be, and then break down how to get there. So the model is a very important tool that you can use in your own life. And I have given you all the tools and tips and secrets that I know as a coach that will help you implement and apply it. And I hope that you do. And I hope that you have fun. I would recommend if you're going to do it to do a thought download, try it out, do the model, and then to do an intentional model too, especially if the model you did is one that's where you're at and you don't particularly like it. But recognize that you don't want to just jump and say, okay, I'm throwing away this old model, this unintentional one. That is not where I want to be. And then solely focus on the intentional one. That's probably not (laughs) exactly what you want to do either. So that is where we are at. That is the model. And I want you to resolve to try one at home on your own. (laughs) This week I am reading... I just finished Chasing the Thrill, Obsession, Death, and Glory in America's Most Extraordinary Treasure Hunt. So that was another one I hadn't particularly heard of, but the title definitely intrigued me. And I was even more intrigued when I realized it was something that was resolved in 2020. (laughs) Being a human adult alive on the planet, I would have thought that I would have heard about America's Most Extraordinary Treasure Hunt particularly given the fact that it occurred in the last couple years. I think it was like 2010 to 2020 was kind of the timeline, but I was alive (laughs) and mostly educated during that time. So I'm not particularly sure why I hadn't heard of it. I also expected National Treasure, which was a hallmark of my childhood, to be mentioned much more frequently than it was. I think it had one reference and it was tangential and I thought not the most apt moment to throw that reference in. But anyway, it was an enjoyable book, interesting and intriguing, a little dull at parts, and it kind of spiraled out occasionally into other treasures that have been sought in the past by people throughout history, which as interesting as it was, did not feel particularly applicable to this modern day treasure hunt and just kind of slowed the momentum overall of the story that was being told. Anyway, so if you like treasure or treasure hunts or reading about almost a kind of cult mentality, not quite, but it was interesting to think about it from that perspective and especially how like social media and the internet and blog forums all come to play in that story, then I think you would enjoy that book. So check it out if any of those things are of interest to you. Today, I want to toast More Happier, which is a new add-on to Gretchen Rubin's 
Happier podcast, which she does with her sister Liz Craft. And I have been an avid listener of the podcast for years. It was actually the first podcast I started listening to. And when I did, I went way back to the beginning, listened to every single episode. And then in mid-2021, right before I launched this podcast, I went and stopped listening to a bunch of podcasts because I needed the brain space, I guess, in order to create this one. But that is a podcast I have listened to religiously still. And in 2022, they announced that they were going to start doing a more happier episode every other Saturday. And it was going to be a little more conversational with different segments. And it was just exactly that. It was more happier and it has made me so much more happier. (laughs) And I love seeing how people evolve the things and the projects that they're doing and working on. And so that was so interesting to see that after five or six years of doing the podcast, they decided we can still do something different. We can do something additional. And in addition to happier and more happier, Gretchen Rubin also does a little happier, which comes out a few days earlier in the week. And it has just three or four minutes and it tells a little story or anecdote. And it does, it always makes me more happier too. And we all could use more happiness in our life. And that is one of the ways that I've always found happiness. I've always found happiness from their podcast. And the fact that I get more happier from them every other weekend now just makes me even happier. So I want you to toast that and encourage you to listen to that podcast if it's not one you've heard before. I appreciate she is a very practical down to earth person. A lot of the coaches that I know and follow tend to be much more psychological, I guess, but Gretchen Rubin does still have a real base in psychology, but especially coming from coaches who focus so heavily on the model where some of them, that's really the only thing that they touch on and work with their clients in. Gretchen Rubin is so much the other extreme being extremely practical, down to earth, hands-on, do it yourself, try this at home that I enjoy that I'm kind of the blend of both of them or I blend both those ideas and ideologies or at least I try to be (laughs) that's kind of where I feel like my niche in the market is and so I'm glad that this episode was able to blend a little bit of both or I hope that it was for you and with that thanks for tuning into the Resolve podcast you can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tislano I would love to connect with you don't forget to rate and review it really helps other people find the show and subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.